0: Welcome to Cancer HealthCast, where science is driving hope. I'm your host, Nikki Henderson. Today, we are joined by Michael Weingarten, the director for the Small Business Innovation Research Development Center at the National Cancer Institute, and Dr. Rikia. Ben Jost, an associate professor at East Carolina University and the director of graduate programs, pharmacology and toxicology concentration, as well as an adjunct professor of chemistry. Thank you both so much for joining us on the show. Thank Take you. Care. Michael, can you start off by telling us a little bit about NCI's SBIR program?
1: Uh, sure, Nikki. Happy to do that. So the SBIR program stands for Small Business Innovation Research, and we call it America's Seed Fund. Um, What's really special about the SBIR program is it's one of the largest sources of early-stage funding for startup companies that are doing cancer research. So we work with a lot of companies as they're spinning out of universities, as they're developing their technologies, whether that be a drug a device, a diagnostic, or a digital health tool, as examples. And our goal is to really get out in the community, educate people about the SPR program, educate them about how they can apply for funding, and really offer a whole range of resources that can be really valuable to our companies as they're advancing through the early stage development process and into clinical trials and ultimately trying to develop their their drug device or diagnostic for patients. So we're, we're very patient-focused. And since we're talking about small businesses, we're always focused on what needs our companies have in addition to the funding needs that they have, what other re- resources we can provide to really help them move their technology forward and ultimately get it out to patients.
0: Okay, perfect. And Michael, how is the SBIR program helping to put scientists, entrepreneurs of diverse backgrounds on a path to success?
1: So that's that's a great question. So we are putting a lot of effort right now on how do we get more underrepresented scientists like Rukia into this program? So that involves first on the front end, doing a lot of outreach to, for example, HBCUs and also minority serving institutions and really educating them about the program and then offering them different resources that can be helpful as they're looking to apply for funding. So just as an example, we offer a program. It's called the Applicant Assistance Program. And essentially the way that program works is you apply, and if you're accepted into the program, then you're assigned a coach that will work with you over a 10-week timeframe. And will really walk you through the whole application process. They'll, they'll look at, at drafts that you develop of your application, and they'll give you actually specific feedback on all the key parts of the application. Our goal is to kind of demystify the application process and just make it a lot easier for people who have not received funding before from the NCI or from the NIH at all, and really just help them you know, hold their hand a little bit as they're as they're going through the whole process. So hopefully they'll be successful in getting uh, funding from us. So that's just one example of one program we run.
0: That is wonderful, Michael. Thank you so much. And Rekia, can you talk about the role NCI's SBR program played in leading you to your current role? And can you discuss some of the highlights and even some of the challenges during your journey from
2: undergrad up until now? Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me here. Uh, The SBIR program has really been a game changer for me in terms of trying to get my technology to the public. So I have always wanted to develop drugs. That has been a dream of mine forever. And so I I had this idea that what I was supposed to do is to do the research and then a pharmaceutical company would seek me out amongst all of the other research that was happening in the world and say, hey, we wanna develop your technology. Well, in fact, it doesn't work that way, <laughs> and so when you want to develop a technology, whether it be a device or therapeutic, you have to be actively engaged in the process. You have to generate the proof of concept that you have a really uh, special product, and do the work to de-risk it, to put it in a position where a company can pick it up and say, "We have this evidence that this product is going to do." or achieve a particular thing. And then uh, what the SBIR program helps you to do is to generate that proof of concept that your product is what you think it is. And it also helps you to bring in specialties. It helps you to bring in experts who can do some of the things that you may not have training to do. So the bottom line is what it helps you to do is to perform those experiments that are going to be necessary to move it to the next stage of development. So that's, uh, so the SBIR has been very, very important in putting me in a position where I can present what I have to a pharmaceutical company and they can assess whether they're ready to pick it up. In terms of your second question, you gave me a two-parter. So what is my pathway Boy, I've had a long pathway. <laughs> and I'm sure that everyone who's in this uh, in this field has had a long pathway to get to the end. And I'm not at the end yet, but I'm still working to get there. But I have to say that NIH in my pathway has been a critical part of me getting to the next stage of my development. So starting with undergraduate, uh, as an undergraduate, I had no idea of what I wanted to do. I know that I love science and I knew that I wanted to develop drugs, but I didn't know how to get there. Most of the people around me uh, thought that if you love science, what you do is you go to medical school. Well, I knew that that was not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, by participating in a program, I learned about research. So the first program that I participated in is called the Minority Biomedical Research Symposium, and that is MBRS. This is a program that is centered out of HBCUs, and I am an HBCU grad. I attended Alabama State University in Montgomery, Alabama, and I was a chemistry major. And so as part of that program, you get to perform research in the laboratories at the HBCU. And so that kind of piqued my interest. And so uh, I later then became interested in another program, also sponsored by the NIH, which is called the Minority Access to Research Careers Program, or MARC. And I participated in that program. And what it allows you to do is, again, to perform research in the lab during the academic year but during the summers you get to visit other research intensive institutions. And so that gave me another view of what research is like. And so uh, I performed two summer internships, one at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington, under the direction of Dr. Peter Kalibas. And I also participated in a second uh, internship at NIH. Under the direction of Dr. Philip Browning. And so, due to those two experiences, I knew then that I want to be a researcher. I already knew that I wanted to develop drugs, but this is what really put the two pieces together for me. And so, uh, throughout my career as a graduate student, as a postdoc, I continued in different institutions doing either cancer research or drug development. And so that's what led me to my academic career as an assistant professor and later uh, as an associate professor at East Carolina University. And so as those experiences developed, I uh, found a couple of novel agents that uh, really looked like they could make a tremendous difference and improve the survival rate of different types of cancer. And so, again, I still really didn't have a clear understanding of how do I get there. And so that's where SBIR comes in. So I began by working with my Office of Technology Transfer. And they're an office that helps you with patenting because that was the first thing that needed to happen. I needed to find out if my technology was novel enough to move towards the commercial stage. And so SBIR played a critical, critical role in uh, me moving forward and continuing to develop the agent.
0: Wow, Erke, that was a very interesting journey. And I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing all those exciting details. And I know you just kind of mentioned some of why you um, you were motivated, but is there anything specifically that motivated you to pursue SBIR? And can you also tell us about Claradel, your
2: special project? Yes. Yeah, so specifically, I was interested in the SBIR program because, again, I really wanted to develop this therapeutic. And so, as I mentioned, I worked with my Office of Technology Transfer, and they did the research, and they found that this was a product that could be patented. And so from there, they directed me to the SBIR workshops. I attended many, many SBIR workshops, including the road shows and all of the workshops that they had in order to inform the public. We're, this is what we do. We, we help early stage biotech to get off of its feet and generate that proof of concept in order to make you more ready to interact with pharma or investors. And so it was through going to these workshops and learning about the SBIR program that I decided that I wanted to apply. I had previously, so once I learned about the program, I applied to the program and unfortunately it was not funded. Uh, But what I did was I continued to go to these workshops and every time I went to a workshop, I learned something different. And so it was through uh, my attendance at the AACR meeting, which stands for the American Association for Cancer Research, that I scheduled a meeting with my program officer. And she told me about the AAP program. And so I applied. And that was uh, the way that I was introduced to the AAP and began to participate in that
0: program. Awesome. That is wonderful. Michael, can you outline the mission on the Applicant Assistant Program and tell us how entrepreneurship factors into that mission?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned before, the Applicant Assistance Program is really focused on helping coach applicants who have not received SBARs in the past from the NIH. And the way it's structured is over over 10 weeks, they focus on, on different parts of the application, for example, specific aims of the application, which is probably the most important part. And there's the opportunity for kind of a back and forth between the applicant and between the coach where they give direct feedback to the applicant. And uh, Rukia might want to talk a little bit about her experiences with the program, but they the The goal is to really help the applicant through the whole process so they submit a stronger application and you know and really help them understand just how the whole process for peer review works works at the n i h which can be um uh, it can be kind of daunting if you haven't gone gone through that in the past
0: okay, thank you Michael well. Rikia, we would love to hear about your experience going through AAP. And what was it like? What would you tell someone who is considering
2: signing up for AAP? Well, the AAP program was wonderful. In that program, what happened was I was paired with an expert in SBIR, STTR grants. And that's really important because this grant mechanism is very different from R01s and R21s, other types of NIH grants. Uh, What they're looking for is slightly different. And so that expertise that I I obtained from my coach was really critical. And so by being paired with an expert, uh, what they did is they set up a schedule and we had weekly meetings. And there was an expectation. So early on in the beginning of the program, I knew what was due at what point. And so they really helped me to stay on course, to stay on top of the writing, and to have that feedback, that one-on-one feedback. And what was really critical is, as I mentioned, the grant is a little bit different from the typical uh, R-type grant. And so these experts know what to put in the grant application. They know what the reviewers are looking for. Uh, For example, like uh, the budget. The budget is very different from what you would expect. And so what the coach helped me to do is to set up my budget in a way in which the conflicts of interest would be avoided. And so that's something that's really interesting because what's happening here is this is a partnership essentially between, in my case, between a university and a government entity. And so, and also the important point is your small business is also involved. So what was really important to my institution is to avoid conflicts of interest between the company, which is a for-profit entity, and the university. And so the people, my coach was very experienced, very knowledgeable about these potential conflicts of interest. And I didn't realize how important it was until the grant was actually funded, but the budget has to be done in a way that avoids those conflicts of interest. So that's just one example of how the experience of your coach really comes into play. They were very, very helpful. They helped me with a lot of things that I just didn't know because I'm not a business person and I had not applied for this type of grant before. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they were really helpful in that. And I I have to say, I really appreciated uh, being selected for that program and having an opportunity to participate in it.
0: That is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Well, Michael, can you tell us more about other opportunities out there, such as the Notice of Special Interest Initiative?
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah. Actually, we've just had a range of new solicitations that we've launched specifically to support underrepresented scientists. One is titled Encouraging Small Businesses to Partner with Resource Limited institutions on SBIR and SCTR applications, and the goal there is to support small businesses so that they'll partner with resource-limited institutions on their SBIR applications. And uh, this is actually a a new funding opportunity that just came out. You can read up more on it if you just go up on our website at sbir.cancer.gov, and you specifically go you link to the targeted solicitations um, link, and that will give you detailed information on the specific uh, NOSI or Notice of Special Interest. And that that one actually has a uh, submission deadline of January the 5th, so you've got about a month and a half before the receipt date on that. But again, the goal is to encourage small businesses to, to partner with resource-limited institutions um, to help move technologies out of those institutions typically that's going to be a university like an hbcu or a minority serving institution and it it just it offers a a really nice opportunity for an underrepresented researcher to commercialize their uh, the discovery that they're working on and to to move it forward Um, in addition to that program we're actually working on the the next version of the applicant assistance program. We call that that new program is gonna be called STEPS. And it'll be similar in a lot of respects to the way the applicant assistance program works, but we're also planning to add entrepreneurship training uh, as part of that program too. So we'll we'll add a couple of extra weeks where we'll we'll have we'll bring in special instructors who uh, will teach uh, a program that we offer at the NIH called i or Innovation Corps, and uh, that's going to be a, a key component to the program that'll really help applicants who are coming in without a lot of uh, background in business uh, training before, and this will really help them uh, over the course of going through this program, you'll actually get to learn about your market, you'll do customer discovery, and you're really, it'll really help you lay out what the best market opportunities for the cancer technology that you're developing. Uh, so something that we're really excited about, and um, I would just encourage you to, if you're interested in getting more information on that program, go to sbir.cancer.gov, sign up on our email list, and um, when we come out with that new program, sometime in the spring, then you'll be the first to to learn about it. Uh, And then finally, I wanna mention um, another program. Uh, It's called the Women's Innovation Network. This is a program we started a little over a year ago, and it's really a safe space and opportunity for women founders that we're currently funding uh, under the SBR program to come together in in a safe space and to really network and share best practices and get advice kind of on the daily challenges uh, that women face in running a company or, or working at a small business in the cancer space. So um, what we do there is every uh, we run those meetings on a quarterly basis, okay. and um, our uh, we, we have a team of uh, women from the program come together, and we have a speaker first who's really knowledgeable on a on a given topic area. For example, fundraising is one example. Uh, she will talk about her experiences in that in that specific area, and then we'll go into smaller breakout groups where uh, women that are part of the program can really kind of share share their thoughts and ideas and best practices together. And uh, just a really, it's it's been a great opportunity for um, women in the program to help each other out.
0: Michael and Rakia, this is wonderful. I mean, and now that you say there is a a new version of the applicant assistance program, you said steps. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's uh, we're gonna. It's not quite ready yet. We're still we're still building the program, but uh, essentially it's going to be the applicant assistance program, uh, and then we're going to uh, we're going to add entrepreneurship training to it. Uh, okay. So if if you're Interested? I urge you to go uh, sign up on our website at sbr.cancer.gov. and uh, as soon as the program is ready uh, for for launch, you'll uh, you'll you'll um, be on the email list uh, so that uh, you can get information on on applying to participate in the program.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much,
2: Well, Kia. What advice would you like to share with other applicants? What I would like to share with other applicants is don't give up. If you have the knowledge and know how to develop a technology, you're the scientist, but don't give up and don't turn away from this avenue because it's different. As i mentioned before, I'm not a business person. So I was a little apprehensive about getting into this branch of it. You know, I I wanted to stay in the science and not really deal with the business end of it. And, you know, really, it can be intimidating initially, but really, you're not expected to be the business person. You know, that's where you bring in expertise to your company. You bring in people with business skills. You participate in programs, for example, like i I've also participated in that program and I can tell you I learned so much. So don't let the enormity of the things that need to happen discourage you from using this as an opportunity to take your benchtop technology to the public because really the public needs it. What we're all about is developing different agents products that can help cancer patients. And so we have to keep I would advise you to keep your eyes on that, but also keep your options open. You can also do that as an entrepreneur. And there are resources out there to help you with those things that you are not familiar with. And that's what happened with me. I had uh, access to different types of resources that helped me to develop a company, which I never would have thought <laughs> that this was something that I would do. And so, I would just advise once again, don't give up, give it a try, keep your mind open and pursue this uh, as a way to bring your technology to the public.
0: Wow, perfectly said. Don't give up. Rekia, that is great advice. And I really don't know if either of you have, have anything to add, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity if you wanted to say something, final remark or comment to leave with our listeners.
1: Sure. We have a couple of information sessions that are coming up I wanted to let folks know about. Uh, The first is uh, on December the 1st. uh, We're going to have a webinar that's focused on keys to filing a successful IND. And we're actually going to bring in speakers. Uh, I think we have four different speakers from four successful companies that are at different stages of development in the drug development process. And they're really going to share their lessons learned on how to file a successful mm-hmm. IND and really offer advice, I think would be quite helpful uh, to companies that are going through a similar journey as Rukia is. Uh, mm-hmm. So highly encourage folks to sign up for that again, December 1st. And then secondly, on December the 5th, uh, we're having a Q&A about the applicant assistance program. And um, you can also sign up on our website to uh participate in the Q&A on the uh, Applicant Assistance Program, again, December 5th. And then finally, um, for uh, more information, go up to sbir.cancer.gov. You can get information on all these different programs. You can also sign up for our newsletter and email blast so that whenever we come out with a new funding opportunity or a new resource on a program that we offer to our companies, uh, you'll be the the first to know about it.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Michael. And Rakia,
2: do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, Yes. I also wanted to say one more thing about the AAP program and its benefits. So at my institution, there were not other investigators who had SBIR, STTR funding. So the AAP program was really critical for me. Because there were no role models. They were even in our different offices, the people didn't know how to administer the SBIR because again, it's very different from the typical academic R-type grants. And the AAP program gave me that mentorship that I needed in terms of how to put the application together, the dates, all of the all of the things that most people maybe have a colleague who was successful in getting these types of grants. And in my situation, I didn't have that at my institution. So the AAP was really, really critical for giving me the mentorship that I needed in order to uh, submit a successful application. Can I mention one
1: other thing? Um, sure. And uh, that's that sense, we're going to be launching our own podcast podcast. Uh, NCISBR program is going to be launching our own podcast in the next couple of weeks, actually, where we're going to be offering valuable information on a whole range of topics, really on full topics related to biotechnology commercialization. So we encourage folks to sign up for our podcast so that you'll get some really timely information that should be helpful to you.
2: Wow,
0: thank you so much for sharing that. And Rakia and Michael, I just want to tell you that this was a wonderful conversation. So I really do appreciate both of you taking out time to speak with me.
1: Thank you, thanks thanks for hosting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to GovCIOmedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.